persecution is real. It's happening even until today, and we need to pray. And we need to support those uh, brothers and sisters who are being persecuted. Hello, and welcome to the Word in Action podcast from Bible League International. I'm your host, Michael Woolworth. Persecuted believers are often singled out, monitored, denied basic rights, beaten, jailed, and threatened with death simply for believing that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's especially true in Southeast Asia, where my guest and colleague, Tony, serves with Bible League. Tony, I know people ask, uh, you know, why is persecution on the rise in a place like Southeast Asia? You know, if we look at at just Scripture alone, like in Revelation 12, we see where John writes uh, that Satan has declared war on the bride of Christ. Um, He'll do that through uh, two things. Uh, Number one, uh, false teaching through false teachers, and then also through suffering, namely persecution. And then Paul also writes, uh, Timothy in 2 Timothy says, uh, and this is while he awaits uh, execution by uh, beheading by uh, Nero. He says, Timothy, anyone who desires to lead a a godly life in Christ can expect to be persecuted. What are some of the other reasons uh, for persecution in Southeast Asia, uh, such as corrupt governments and majority religions? I know you sit in the largest Muslim-majority country in the world, but, but talk about some of those uh, local factors that contribute to the persecution of the Christian church. Oh, that's a great question, Mike. Uh, so I can think of three things. Number one is the opposition of the radical faith groups, for example, in Indonesia and in the Philippines. And then the second reason will be the constitution in that country that uh, restrict or limit uh, religious freedom or the freedom to worship. And the third one is actually uh, some things uh, related to the cultural stronghold. So the government is okay. There's no opposition from the radical faith group, but there's a cultural stronghold. Uh, in most areas in Southeast Asia, I can say that uh, people are identified with their uh, faith or religion. So if you are born in a certain tribe or certain people group, you have to take that faith of your parents to be uh, your religion also. Hmm. So that's, uh, I think, the three main reasons why persecution happens in Southeast Asia. We're going to focus on a few of the countries there where Bible League serves, um, Indonesia, Vietnam, uh, Philippines, um, and a few others. Indonesia and Vietnam uh, rank high on the lists of groups that monitor uh, religious persecution around the world. I'm thinking of Pew Research that uh, tells us that 2021 was the most violent year on record for uh, religious persecution. Then secondly, they'll tell us there's no group that's persecuted more than um, evangelical Christians. Do, uh, Do Christians in the Philippines, Indonesia, Vietnam, and Thailand, do they live out their faith in secret, or are they outward in sharing uh, Christ and uh, in gathering for worship and then just identifying as believers? What's it like for, for these brothers and sisters in Christ? The answer depends on wh- which part of the region that they live in. For example, in the southern Philippines, where the Sharia uh, law was, uh, is applied, mm-hmm. and also some Sharia, Sharia province in Indonesia, if you are talking about those areas, then I can say yes, uh, the believers need to be really careful in practicing their uh, faith, not to mention to sharing Christ, just to live out your faith, just to gather to worship in in houses, for example. It will be so difficult. Uh, There will be verbal persecution. And also physical persecutions, if I if I may say that. Uh, and also in, in in Vietnam, for example, the opposition or the persecutions usually comes as um, an implementation of government policy, where activities as as a faith person is limited. Mm-hmm. There's certain restriction and limitation for you to be able to uh, live out your faith. All the printed materials, for example, has to be approved by the government and. The government has the right to put spies in the churches and listening to the Hmm. sermons of the pastors, whether there are some things that the government will not approve. 
there are some hostile places in Southeast Asia where you have to be really careful if you are believers of Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah, Tony, you were a gracious host for a group uh, that visited back in the year 2020. Um, I was part of that group, and we went to a lot of different places, met with a lot of end users, and a lot of these people had suffered uh, tremendously simply for believing Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We were high atop Pasaban Mountain just off the coast of the Indian Ocean, and we it was a very special day, Tony. That church had been in existence for three years. They, they, they had a celebration. Remember, we shared a meal with them. Uh, we worshiped together. We had a chance to meet um, all of these locals. And the pastor, quick to tell us that a lot of the growth that we were seeing there was the result of Bible League's involvement, uh, the study materials, the Bibles in the Indonesian language. But we had found out it was very, very um, uh, mind-boggling to us that that church had been destroyed multiple times. Of course, they couldn't construct anything that was permanent. They were situated in a place where Islamic laws favored Islam, and it was uh, opposed to Christianity. They couldn't uh, erect anything that was permanent. They had nothing more than what I call a a glorified picnic pavilion, but I can tell you... (laughs) Uh, My colleagues and I, as we worship with them, we said to ourselves, you know, this is no different than any church that we worship in in America that might be a bricks-and-mortar structure, you know. This is a a real church of Jesus Christ. But but the Christians there in Indonesia, uh, like uh, like the ones we met there, uh, uh, Deborah and her husband and others, what are they up against? Uh, Did did we kind of get the the, the real picture of all that they uh, they struggle against, Tony? Yeah, if we are talking about Indonesia, actually, by the law, Religious freedom is uh, guaranteed. Hmm. Uh, Christianity is one of the official religion in Indonesia. Hmm. But what I can say is that it depends also where are you located. Uh, let's uh, take that church that you just mentioned as an example. Uh, I can say that uh, that church actually located not in a in a place where supposed to be uh, there's supposed to be persecution. It's very rare to hear from the churches or the believers in those areas. But somehow, uh, as time goes by, the rise of the radical faith groups, many of those people believe that they will have reward if they persecute Christians. That's what I can say. Now, it's more common in many areas, even just recently, nearby Jakarta, only 30 or 40 kilometers from Jakarta, still in a big city. It's not in in the rural area. A church that wants to build a building is being stopped by local people. They rally against it. Hmm. They even make petition just because they say that culturally, this is not a Christian area. You cannot build a church building here. But even though the church already have a building permit from the government, they uh, go through all the application process and everything is done the right way. At the end of the day, they still cannot build that church. Hmm. So that's just the fact. Yeah, our focus right now is uh, Southeast Asia. That's the part of the world where uh, God has you planted, where you serve, uh, Tony. Um, I visited Thailand a couple of years ago, and um, you know, we found out uh, the, the you know the persecution there is not limited to uh, the government. It's often at the hands of your own family members. We went from uh, Bible study group to Bible study group, and they often talked about now that they had left Buddhism, something maybe family had followed for generations, and now that they were Christians, their own family members shunned them, um, often wanted nothing to do with them. I remember a young woman, early twenties, that, that didn't just merely cry; she wept as she talked about her family wanting nothing to do with her. But that's that often happens in a place uh, like, like Thailand, doesn't it? It's what I, uh, I call as the cultural strongholds that I mentioned before. And many of our brothers and sisters in the Western world doesn't understand about it because maybe we are familiar with human rights or we, we have the freedom to decide which faith that we want to ad- adhere to. But that's not the case in Southeast Asia. There is this cultural stronghold uh, 
somehow many Southeast Asian people think that faith relation is even stronger than blood connection. Hmm. So they will cut you from your family if you if you if you change religion. I can I can mention one uh, pastor uh, now a pastor, but he was an ex uh, monk uh, in, in in Thailand. Hmm. When he came to Christ, I quote from her, his statement. When I became Christian, I experienced verbal and social persecution from some of my relatives and neighbors. Other members of my family have decided to deny my existence. They don't mm. just insult and mock me. They even vow not to speak to me anymore. That's a reality. Yeah, that's heartbreaking to hear. Um, Tony, uh, that young lady I met, I mean, we, we picked up very quickly mm. that even though she was under severe persecution, you know, uh, rejected by her own family, um, we noticed two characteristics, not only in her um, Tony, I noticed this when I was in Indonesia, other parts of the world that I've, I've traveled to. I find two characteristics that define people that are persecuted, again, simply for believing Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Number one, they love their enemies, uh, those that would persecute them. They love them. That young lady wanted to see her family uh, come to Christ. And then secondly, um, they counted all joy to suffer for the Lord. You know, as James says in his epistle, um, in the midst of all that suffering, uh, they counted a joy. Uh, and, and they mean that. They weren't simply trying to put on, you know, a, 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 a Christian face. It was, that was a real strong conviction for them. And um, Tony, do you see that in kind of the persecuted church that, that, that you get to meet with around uh, Southeast Asia? Do you see yeah. those characteristics? I, I totally agree with, with what you're just saying. I mean, the promise of God's presence, the promise that I am with you always, mm. even during difficult times, that's what makes these Christians uh, strong. And, and and they know that Jesus is also persecuted. The disciples, the apostles are also ex- persecuted. So in, in a sense, they feel that this is something that all believers should uh, endure. And they count it as a joy because they can take part of the suffering of Christ. I, myself, uh, I never experienced uh, that level of persecutions. Mm. Yes, I have some family members kind of withdraw from me, but not to the point of uh, denying my existence or mm. vowing not to uh, have contact with me. But I can say that it's it's hard, but to know that this is me taking part of Christ's suffering, it makes uh, everything's different. Yeah, yeah, amen. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, you quoted uh, Jesus from the Great Commission where he says, I'm all, I'm, I'm with you always. Yeah. A couple other verses that come to mind. Um, we're persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. Uh, Paul writes that in 2 Corinthians 4. And then the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory to come. That's uh, what Paul wrote in Romans 8. Um, those verses have to be um, encouraging and empowering to Christian suffering through persecution. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, what, what we are experiencing here cannot compare with what we will receive uh, uh, in our eternal life. And every Christian should understand, I mean, I mean that this is temporary. The world is not our home. Hmm. Uh, in fact, that's one of my uh, deceased wife's uh, key statement when, uh, in, in, in the end of her life, that the, the world is temporary. This is not our home. Hmm. We will be in heaven with, with the Lord. So that gives us that hope uh, in the midst of all the suffering and the persecution that we have to endure in this world. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's a great reminder. Tony, people uh, can always relate to a story. You shared one about this former monk and, and the, the shunning that came at the hands of his own family, and yet he, he perseveres and endures. Um, do you have a couple of uh, stories that you can share with us that show uh, perseverance and endurance amidst persecution? 
Yeah, I would like to share these stories. Uh, the first stories I will bring is from Indonesia. Uh, Mr. Eko, I, I can mention his name now, uh, a trained Philip uh, and also a pastor of uh, a, a church in, in Bali. Uh, he is a, a migrant from other uh, uh, island, uh, went to Bali. And even though Bali is well known as uh, the province with a strong religious tolerance, but somehow when Mr. Echoes decided to start a church and open an orphanage to accommodate the abandoned children in their neighborhood, they receive uh, persecution. They receive uh, oppositions from the community and they didn't get that permit because uh, in places like Indonesia, even if you want to start a ministry, not to build a building, just to start a charity, but a faith-based charity, then you need to have permission from people around you. And if you don't have that permission from people around you, then you cannot start uh, that community service. Um, but Mr. Echo was persistent. Uh, they pray as a team. Rather than doing a direct uh, Christian-based ministry, they change it into free or affordable kindergarten for mm. poor people. Mm. Then many of those children also uh, becoming uh, believers. And after some times, the local leaders changed their minds. They saw the sincerity of this uh, family in serving the community and decided to give them uh, the per the permission, the license to even now build a church building. Mm. So in this that. year, 2022, not only a church, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Echo, uh, Pastor Echo is now running an orphanage, uh, two kindergartens, and hundreds of people are being uh, touched by mm. that mm. their ministry. Yeah, yeah to I love hear that. that story. Do you have another one to share? I have a story from Vietnam. Uh, from one of the tribe, which I can mention uh, the name. This tribe has 30,000 populations, but only 800 believers in that community. And they actually doesn't belong to a religion, a major religion like Buddhism, Hinduism, or Islam. Uh, traditionally, they worship a deity they call Yang. They are so afraid of the ghost of the dead loved ones. So they kind of have also an ancestral worship. Mm. And we have a person, we have a pastor who recently been trained by Biblic to become a Philip hmm. and brought the materials into this community. And this tribe is one of the poorest of the poor in all over uh, Vietnam. The main challenge of doing ministry in, 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 in this area is their situation with the government. The government will check all the activities going on in the ministry. They will check all the people who come and go and to certain areas to do any Christian activities. That's why this pastor knows that it's easier for him to disciple another local person that will stay there and disciple uh, the people. And uh, this pastor made a phone call to that uh, disciple in the area and asked about the persecution that happens. And that pastor said, I think it's safer for us to talk in person rather than on the phone. And I know that if they say that, then it means I have to ch I have to change topics because there's there are some surveillance uh, from the government even for your phone and for your conversation. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but then praise the Lord, the ministry is doing a great, and many more people now in that tribe uh, coming to Christ, become a believers of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Mm. Tony, I'm sitting in uh, the U.S., you're in Southeast Asia, I think here in America. I mean, most people listening right now will admit um, we live out our Christian faith within the walls of ease and comfort. We're not worried about somebody rushing into our church and, you know, assaulting our pastor or worrying about if, if somebody's going to assault us during the week, you know, because we, we share our faith here. Um, help us understand 
how we can pray for persecuted believers uh, in that part of the world. And then also share, is there anything else that we need to know about uh, persecution around the world and especially in Southeast Asia? Yeah, number one, pray for healthy teaching because um, it is a a challenge. We have a, a challenge from the outside and we have a challenge from the inside. We really need a prayer that there will be healthy teaching, there will be discipleship mm. uh, that, that, that will grow the faith of, of uh, the believers that are persecuted. And uh, secondly, please pray for comfort because it's, it's not easy to be alone. It's not easy to be uh, secluded. It's not easy to be isolated. Sometimes it's not the, it's not the suffering of being a Christian that's, uh, that's hurt, but it's the suffering of being alone, not, not knowing that you have brothers and sisters all around the world actually praying for you so uh, i we need to pray that they not they are not feeling alone especially for the pastors and and the leaders of the church uh, in fact i think two two days ago i was in a, an area in sumatra where we visited a, a pastor in a very remote area and just for us being there pray for them we don't we didn't do service we don't do a, a worship service or gathering we just pray mm. with them and he felt that now i know that i'm not alone god mm. is still with me because he sent people so please pray that they don't feel lonely that they will know that we are praying for them and we will be praying for that. Um, Tony, one final question for you. What would you say to those, again, uh, that support the ministry of Bible League through their prayers, through their financial support as they, they share about the ministries? They hear this uh, podcast and then they'll they'll say to hopefully their, uh, yeah. you know, their brothers and sisters uh, here in the States or wherever that is all over the world, hey, you know, persecution's real. We need to step up. What would you say to those people, maybe by way of thanks or encouragement? I mean, it's, it is it is uh, your uh, prayer, your giving, your support that makes everything possible. You cannot imagine how big is the impact that they have uh, uh, given to the ministry in, in Southeast Asia through their prayers and, 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 their, and their giving. The persecution is real. There are people who suffer and have to go through hardship because of following Christ. Uh, now I just remember a story in in in, in from Indonesia yeah, where go ahead. a person a person need to bury their Bible behind their backyard just because they he he didn't want the family to know and every time he wants to read that Bible he has to dig again uh, that place to open the Bible with a, a candlestick and after reading it then uh, he has to bury that Bible again. I, Persecution is real. It's happening even until today in our modern uh, era. And we need to pray. Uh, we need to support those uh, uh, brothers and sisters who are being persecuted. Thank you for that reminder and that call to action, Tony. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 5, Blessed are the persecuted for righteousness' sake. And which we've heard today, that suffering is real in many parts of Southeast Asia where Bible League has a presence. And now we know how to better pray for and support these persecuted believers. Friends, thank you for listening today and for supporting Bible League International with your prayers and financial gifts. Will you follow Bible League on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And you can sign up for our e-newsletter and verse of the day at BibleLeague.org. That's BibleLeague.org. And let us know how today's program impacted you. Email us at podcast at BibleLeague.org. For the Word in Action podcast, I'm Michael Woolworth.